Hmm, looking for Mifflinburg. Mif, that's a funny name, Mifflinburg. I mean, I've been to Rome and I've been to Ephesus and I've been to Corinth and Galatia, but Mifflinburg, that's kind of interesting. Am I in Mifflinburg? I am? Well, I got here finally. I was supposed to be here last week, and things came up and changed, and I couldn't come, and so I've been looking for Mifflinburg all week, and I finally found it. By the, na- by the way, my name is Paul, and uh, my name used to be Saul, actually. I know it's a little confusing. My name used to be Saul, but now it's Paul, and I want to tell you why today. I want to tell you why I got a new name. Well, we'll say my name is Paul, and... I want to tell you part of my story today. Actually, I'm from the town of Tarsus. Now, that's a long way from Jerusalem. Tarsus is a pretty big city. It's about 20 miles from the Mediterranean coast, and so my family would go there and fish often, and we'd have a good time. See, I was raised in the in the city of Tarsus, and and I was from Tarsus. However, I spent a lot of time in Jerusalem. Because I had a passion. I really wanted to learn all about the Jewish laws. And I studied them. Boy, I really worked hard on them. So I went to Jerusalem. It's about 600 miles from Tarsus to Jerusalem. But I went back and forth a lot during my lifetime. And I want to tell you some of my story today. Actually, I want to tell you something that I feel very thankful about. And that is that that I'm a Jew. And I worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I always have wanted to worship Yahweh. And so when I was young, I had this passion about the law. And I studied. I mean, when I was a young man, even when I was a boy, I really wanted to know who Yahweh was. And I wanted to know the law of Moses. And so when I was a teenager, I studied and I had a teacher named Gamaliel, and he was one of the greatest teachers in all of Israel. In fact, he came from a family of teachers. His grandfather I had heard about, but he was gone before I came to Jerusalem. His name was Hillel, and he was considered one of the greatest teachers ever in Israel. Well, so I studied. I studied the law of Moses, and I memorized a lot of it, and I knew the customs of the Jewish people, but I have to tell you that that something went wrong with me when I was a young man. I knew the law in my head, but I didn't know the God of the law of Moses. I didn't understand him. And my religion as a Jew was all about me. It was all about what I wanted and thinking that I could protect the law of Moses and And uh, so I had a very, very bad heart when I was a young man. In fact, I'm pretty much ashamed to tell you about part of it, but I want to tell you the story today of something that happened to me. You see, I was young. I was very bold. I mean, I wasn't afraid to talk to anybody. I would just go up and grab somebody by the shoulders and say, I want to talk to you. And so I was very bold. And I wanted to tell people about my faith. And I wanted them to believe like I did. But the problem was I had in my heart a lot of bad, nasty things. And in my heart, I had sin. 
And that sin led me to have an angry spirit to anybody that, that, that saw things different than I did. And there was a man who came from God, and his name was Jesus. At the time, I had no idea who really Jesus was. I, I misunderstood. My heart was hard. I wasn't teachable. I wasn't listening. So I missed it. I should have known. I read the Old Testament, all the scriptures, all the prophecies about Jesus, how he was the Messiah. I should have gotten it, but I missed it completely that Jesus was God's son. I missed it completely that Jesus was the Messiah. And so I was running around thinking I was just doing right by saying things about anybody that loved Jesus and saying that Jesus, I was glad they put him to death and and what's more, I became one of those people who persecuted the Christians. And I mean, it was bad. I'm, I'm not proud of this. I'm telling you this right now. But I do want to tell you the truth about my story. And you know, I was so angry in my heart. And I was so unteachable. I knew everything. You didn't have to try to explain something to me. I already knew it after all. I'd been studying the law. I knew it. And you know, if anybody said they loved Jesus, oh, it got me so angry. It made some other people in Jerusalem angry too. There were a lot of religious leaders who didn't like the idea of, of who Jesus was, and they resisted that. And so the high priest even, I'm afraid, the high priest, the highest position in, in the Jewish faith, he didn't believe who Jesus was either. He became jealous of Jesus because Jesus, people were responding to the gospel. And, and when, when the early apostles, Peter and James and John and Bartholomew and Thomas and some of those men that I have come to respect so much, when, when they would go out and preach, people would turn to faith in Christ. They would confess their sins and be baptized and God would wash away their sins and it changed their hearts. They became loving instead of angry and hostile. They began to understand who God was, the kind of God that loved us so much that he would send his own son. But see, back then I didn't understand that. Instead, I was full of anger and rage and I would take it out on Christians. In fact, I was even known for being a person who persecuted Christians. And I would go to places and I would find out where the Christians were and I would arrest them. If I had an opportunity, I would... I'm not proud of some of the things I did back there. I'm really not. See, I was always pointing my finger at other people. You're not right with God. You're not listening. So I'd go and I would arrest them, I'd tie them up and take them back to Jerusalem. And there was one story especially that it troubles me to this day, but I did, I did find out that God forgave me for it. When I was young, there was a man who was telling people about Jesus in Jerusalem. It wasn't very long, really, after that amazing thing happened called 
I guess they called it later Pentecost, where God's spirit came down on all the, the believers. And boy, they boldly witnessed and started preaching about Jesus. And I was jealous of that. Man, I didn't have God's spirit in me. There's a man named Stephen. Oh, he was, Stephen, is there something about him? He, Stephen was preaching and he was telling the truth about Jesus, but people like me got angry about it. We didn't want him telling us what we needed to believe about God. And, and Stephen preached about Jesus and a mob kind of formed and there are other people like me angry. You know what they did to Stephen? He took him and he took him outside of the city and they threw him on the ground. See, I was kind of watching from a distance then. And I was just kind of off to the side and they started picking up rocks. And then I knew what they were going to do. They were going to stone him to death. And there I was. I was shaking my head saying, yeah, Stephen, look what you get. In my heart, I was glad then. Of course, today I'm so sorry that I was there because I realized who Stephen was. And you know what? The last thing that Stephen did or the last thing that he said that I heard and I'll tell you, it got me then, but it just continues to get me today. You know what he said as they were throwing stones at him? He said, Father, don't lay this sin at their charge. Uh, he was saying, God, forgive him for that. How could he say that? They were stoning him to death. A young man had his life ahead of him. He wasn't that different to my age. And they were killing him. And something inside of him was able to say, God, forgive them. What, what kind of a... Well, later I understood what that meant. I sure didn't on that day. It confused me, actually. It confused me. Why would... How could this man be tortured? And the last thing he says is, God, would you please forgive these people? Boy, I didn't understand what that was, forgiveness. Boy, there was nothing inside of me that understood that, that day. I'll never forget that day. Well, I want to tell you about more of my story. I want to say that was then, but I changed. Boy, there was a change that happened to me. I think, well, why did you change? What happened to you, Saul, that, that made you change? Well, I want to tell you what made me change. One word, I can summarize it. And then I'm going to tell you the story. But the one word that I would say is I encountered the truth. The truth. That was an important word to me. Truth. Truth. I think every person in the world needs to come to the place of thinking about what truth is, how important truth is. Well, I learned a lot. I learned that who Jesus was. I learned that he was the son of God. 
I learned that he came to die for our sins. I learned about human nature, which I really didn't understand at that time. But God's been teaching me and helping me ever since then. In fact, I've become a passionate follower of, of that Son of God, the Messiah who died on the cross. I have become a passionate follower of him. And I have gone places all over the Roman world to tell people about Jesus. And I've written a lot of letters to churches like Rome and Ephesus. And I mentioned before Corinth. And because that's my life now. I want to proclaim who Jesus is. And I want you to know that. There may be some people here who don't know who Jesus is. I want you to know. I mean, I know you know his name. That's not the issue. Everybody here has heard the name of Jesus. But what are you going to do with him? What are you going to do with the decision and choice of believing that he died for your sins and he has a way for you to live? That's the question. Well, I want to tell you what happened to me. What changed me? It was a sudden thing. Uh, I was... I was literally on my way to a place to arrest Christians. I mean, I was in motion. I was starting, I was almost to the city of Damascus. That was the name of the the city, Damascus. We were in a group, and the high priest had given me a letter that gave me the authority to go into Damascus and find people who are Christians and arrest them and take them back to Jerusalem. That's what I was going to do. And that's what I had been doing. I had the authority of the Sanhedrin and the high priest. And so there I went. And I was almost to Damascus. And then suddenly, I mean suddenly my life changed. A light from the sky struck me. It is a moment in my life that changed everything for me. I was on my way to persecute Christians, and suddenly this light brighter than the sun to me. I mean, it, it brighter than anything that I've ever seen in my life. And it was a spiritual light, too. It wasn't just a physical light. It was both. But that light hit me, and my horse reared up, and I fell to the ground. And then I heard the voice. The voice was as clear as any voice I've ever heard in my life, and it was loud. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I laid there shaking because, honestly, I knew who the voice was. I knew it was God. I didn't understand a lot about it, but I knew it was God. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then my mind went to Jesus. And all, I mean, I really had heard a lot about Jesus. I had heard a lot of people talk about him, and I'd read some of the stories, and I knew of his miracles and his promises. I really knew a lot about Jesus. And Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I laid there. The only thing that could come out of my mouth was, Who are you, Lord? the only thing I said. Who are you, Lord? That's all about all the voice said to me except one more thing. I said, Saul, I want you to get up and I want you to go into Damascus and wait there. 
those people that were with me heard the, the loud noise and the light. They helped me up off the ground. See, something happened there too is I was blind. I'd never been blind in my life. Well, I didn't think I'd ever been blind in my life, but actually, I was so blind spiritually. I understand blindness different than I did on that day. There was a blindness to my heart. And, and I want to say to you today, you might be able to see out your eyes fine, but I'm sure that there's blindness among us. We're doing our own thing. We're not really listening to God. We kind of have our own priorities in life. And, you know, if God doesn't interrupt us, it's okay. There's blindness. Oh, I was blind. I was so blind. I mean, I, I couldn't see my face or my, my hand in front of my face. And that was terrifying. I'd never had problems with my eyes before. It's terrifying. But I knew it was deeper, deeper. And so those that were with me helped me up off the ground. And we can, after a while, we continued our journey into the town of Damascus. And I went to a home. I pretty much collapsed there for three days. I just laid there. And I tried to listen to God. God, what do you want to say to me? And God began to speak to me. He began to show things to me that I didn't understand before. Oh, God. Oh, God. He began to open up in my heart why I was so miserable. Why did I have such hatred in my heart? Why, why did I have such anger and hostility and why was I just absolutely not satisfied with my life oh God began to speak to me about that and of course he spoke to me about who Jesus was and all of a sudden God would bring to my mind these these scriptures from the prophets of old and who were telling about Messiah coming and and then I would hear him in my mind and God would tell me and oh my heart would like just it just like, wake up. That's who Jesus is. For three days, I didn't eat. I didn't drink. All I did was thought about who God was. And I tried to say, God, I'm sorry. I knew. I knew that I was so far from God. And I just said, God forgive me I did think about Stephen but I thought about a lot of other things that I'd done and I thought about even probably more important the stuff going on in my heart that was so dirty and that I knew God didn't want in my life for three days three days have you ever gone three days without food and water and you're wrestling with God and that's the way it was for three days but you know I didn't know it at the time but God also had spoken to another man his name was Ananias oh Ananias without Ananias I wouldn't have made it 
God had spoken to Ananias. He said, Ananias, I want you to go to Damascus, find Saul, and pray for him. Now, you can imagine, Ananias knew who I was. He knew that I'd been arresting Christians, and I mean, my name was out there. He knew it. Later on, I found out that Ananias, when he prayed, he said, God, something like that. I don't know exactly what he said, but God, Saul, you know who Saul is? He's the murderer. Why, God? I think you want somebody else. And you know what God said to him? He said, Ananias, I have chosen Saul as my special instrument to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Me? After what I was and who I was? Oh. No, no way. You know, Ananias came and he prayed for me. He told me that. He said, Saul, God is going to use you in an incredible way. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. Also, he, he baptized me. You know what that meant? And then he accepted me as a brother. I was to learn what it meant to be a brother in Christ. Learn what it meant that we're part of a family when we're Christians. We're not island Christians. We're in it together. And boy, that became a strong part of my message from then on, how important the church is. How important your individual faith is, but how important the church is too. Both of them are very important. And if you take one but not the other, you don't have what Jesus talked about. And we find written throughout the New Testament. And so Ananias baptized me. Ananias talked to me. Ananias helped me to understand two words that absolutely became a part of who I was. One of them is the word mercy. Mercy. I had no idea what mercy was till then. You know, I came to understand that mercy is when we deserve punishment. I mean, we deserve punishment, but God doesn't give it to us. That's what I deserve, man, that I deserve punishment for who I was. Then I came to find out that every sin separates us from God. It's not just me, but it's all of us separated from God by sin. But God offers us mercy. That's what he did on the day on the road to Damascus. He offered me mercy. He said, Saul, stop what you're doing. I stopped. I stopped. I heard. I responded by faith. I asked God to forgive me. And oh, my life has been so different since then. The other word that I, there are a lot of things that God has taught me over these many years since then, but another word is the word grace. God has given me such favor. He's given me such gifts of his love that I don't deserve. Oh, it's amazing. I heard another guy, his name was John, wrote this, Behold, the love of the Father hath bestowed on us that we would be called the children of God. I'm a child of God now. 
And I don't have to keep feeling guilty about what I did with Stephen because God forgave me and all the other things and the sin that I had deep in my heart, you know, because God took them out of my heart. God says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness. Isn't that amazing? That God can clear out and clean out all that stuff on the inside. That's what he did for me. And I'm so thankful today. It's amazing what happened after that. Well, I'll tell you one thing that happened is I could not keep my mouth shut. I started telling people what happened to me immediately. Those poor people in Damascus... I mean, I told them all about it. I told them how the, the light hit me on the road and God stopped me and God spoke to me and, and, I, and, and I told them about who Jesus was. I mean, by then, I am so sure who Jesus is. I don't have any doubts anymore. I did have a lot of doubts before, but now I don't have any doubts. And boy, I start telling people about Jesus. And I'm like, you know, like my tongue had been tied up for 20 years and all of a sudden I got to talk. Man, I was telling people about Jesus. It was exciting, and, and some people believed. Some of my closest friends believed. And then I, I, I started taking opportunities to, to talk, to meet other people. I'd go to another town, and I'd tell them about Jesus. It's incredible. You know, and then I remember what God said to Ananias, and he told me, I've chosen you to be an instrument. I said, God, help me to know what you want me to do. I'm available. I'm, I'm willing to. And then I started reading more and more about what Jesus had said. And one thing that came to my mind, it's found, written by a man named Matthew. Now, Matthew was one of those real leaders in the church. And he wrote this down, what Jesus said. He said that Jesus said, go therefore and to and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Boy, I took that to be that's what God called me to do. That's what God called me to do. In fact, I have come to believe that's what God has called every Christian to do. It's not just me. I mean, God did give me a kind of a, I don't know, it gave me a big mouth. It gave me a passion of boldness. You know, and, and I'm, I can, I, I like to get a hold of somebody and just try to talk them into believing in Jesus. I, some people would say I, I'm a good argumentative person. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I, I am bold out there. But I have come to believe that every person who's a Christian, this is what God calls you to do. If you're going to be a Christian, this is what God calls you to do. I don't have any space in theology for Christians who say, well, I don't really care about my influence on other people. Oh, my. Oh, we're to have influence on other people. With the way we live, mostly with the way we love, with our hearts and our kindness. In fact, later on, after I visited a place called Galatia, I, I wrote some things that got 
ended up being put in the Bible. Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And I, I wrote those words. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Do you have it? Do you have that? Do you have that in your heart? I hope you do. Wow. This is an amazing place, Mifflinburg. I see all kinds of things that I'm not used to. What are those little metal things on your wrist? You look familiar to me. And I keep seeing these little, I don't know, they're like six inches long and three inches, and they're like, they're like bright lights coming out of them. And I'm, I'm thinking, wow, what a town. Maybe I'll come and see what you guys got on there, and I can see what's up. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I do want you to know that God has changed me. I'm very thankful for that. I mean, I'll tell you what. I traded in this for stickers. I am known as the sticker prophet now in Galatia. I'm really glad you're here today. I didn't know who would be here. But I was really hoping, since Pastor Krell had asked me if I could come, he said, come, I won't be there. Or I have to leave early on that day. But he asked me if I could come and tell you my story. Um, I understand that Pastor Krell is going to be telling more stories from my life. He's going to be gone next Sunday. But when he gets back, Pastor Carl's going to be telling more stories about what happened in my life. We joke around a little bit, but I want you to know that God wants every one of you to know how much he loves you. If I could just say one thing today as I finish, it's to say to you, God loves you you he wants to have relationship with you. I never understood that when I was persecuting Christians I didn't even see God as being a loving God although I should have I mean I read that God is love I heard that and I heard that we're supposed to love God with all that we are the great Shema and love our neighbors ourselves but boy did I not understand that but I want you to know God loves you put your name in there Put your name in there. God loves you. By the way, I told you my name changed. And that's because of this story. God said, I want you to have a different name. You know, that Saul's a pretty bad association. I'm going to give you a new name. So he said, you're going to be Paul from now on. So that's why I have a different name. I, uh, I uh, was given a new name by God. That's very special to me. You know, when you hear that God wants to give you a new name and how much God loves you, that's a special day in your life. I hope that all of you already have a new name or you're, you're going to 
you're going to get a new name. Glad you're here today. I'll let Pastor Carl know that you guys are really, really good at listening and attentive. And, and uh, some of you have those little things in your hand that are real bright or really interesting to him. Hope you guys have a great day. All right? You guys back here, it's kind of hard to see your faces. You guys okay back here? Hey, you look familiar too. I think I've seen a picture of you somewhere. We'll see y'all. Have a good day.